Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Winning your league starts with the right data. Vinny Lyre of the Sporting News provides you with the edge you need. In your fantasy football leagues, Locked On Fantasy Football is a daily podcast all year round, so your fantasy team never fails. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked On Eagles, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Friday edition of the show alongside my co-host, Gino Camilleri. You can follow us on Twitter at DiBiase, L-O-E, at GC24 underscore football. Our show page is at Locked On Birds. You can get Locked On Eagles five days a week, Monday through Friday, on any podcast platform. It can be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, Google, you name it. Gino and I are available on all platforms. Gino, what's up, brother? Wrapping up this week of shows, you've got your uh, big soccer match in an hour, right? Italy's taking on Belgium? Yes, sir. We're playing the best team in the world, <laughs> so I am a little on edge right now. Uh, this is the one sporting event. It's been five years now since yeah. I've seen Italy play in a major tournament, so I'm a little on edge. Imagine if the Eagles only got a chance to play for even going to the playoffs every right. five years and then a chance to win the Super Bowl every five years. I mean, it's just that much bigger of anxiety for an already anxiety-riddled individual. <laughs> I, I do kind of right <laughs> envy you. I, I wish during the offseason with the NFL when there's nothing else going on. Like, I'm a big NBA guy, but that's mm. really it. It's really tough for me to invest myself in other leagues. I'm not sure why. So I, I wish I could get that into soccer because right now instead I've, I'm just – you know, rewatching games from 2010, 2017. That's kind of my thing during the dead zone, Gino. And that's actually what we're going to get into today. So I've been doing a lot of that as I normally do in May and in June. When I start itching for training camp, I start missing the birds a whole lot. And uh, I start looking for things to talk about on the podcast during the dead zone. This is kind of what I do, right? Take a trip down memory lane. We did a, some really fun shows this week. Yesterday, Gino and I talked about the best and worst trades in franchise history. On Wednesday, we talked about Eagles that maybe we took for granted more than others did. Like we mentioned Zach Ertz and Donovan McNabb and Bobby Taylor and those kind of players that were always good, but maybe we just didn't appreciate as much in Philadelphia as we should. So we've been doing a lot of fun shows like that. Today, we're going to kind of stick with that theme as we head into the month of July Eagles training camp just in a few weeks here. Gino, again, I was watching some highlights. I was looking at stuff from, I'm reading a book about Michael Vick. So I was, I was reading and watching a lot about that really fun 2010 season, right? And it was a season that didn't really end in a whole lot of success. I mean, they won the NFC East, but they lost in the wild card round. And I started thinking about how much I enjoyed that season personally, though, despite not having a deep playoff run, a part of it. I'm like, I wonder, that's a great question. I want to ask Gino on the show. Like what are some seasons in Eagles history that for you specifically, maybe as a fan growing up or now as an analyst as well on the podcast, what's like a season that didn't result in a championship or a deep like NFC title run the really traditional ones everybody loves, the early 2000s, right, 2017. What's a season that maybe they lost in the first round or missed the playoffs entirely, but like you hold it near and dear to your, to your heart more than others. Like You had more fun with that season for other reasons because of 
different things than maybe more fans did. Is there a season you can think of that's like that for you? Because 2010 was that one for me. I like to think back to the first Eagles game I ever went to at Lincoln Financial Field back in 2006 when Donovan mm-hmm. tore his ACL and I saw that yep. and I saw Jeff Garcia come in and you could see the little bit of spark that Jeff had, man. And they go on and they won 10 games that year and they lose by three points in, I think we all remember the greatest hit in postseason history oh, by yeah. any Philadelphia Eagle, Sheldon Brown putting Reggie Bush into Pluto I thought that was just overall a fun season, man, and something that went awry. That was really the first time I think a lot of our fans, I mean, if you look back at the 90s, there was a ton of adversity, of course, but in this new generation, after those four runs at the NFC Championship game, you get to the Super Bowl and your franchise quarterback goes down. Andy Reid really did what Doug Peterson did in 2017 back in 06. I mean, to get that team with a backup quarterback in Jeff Garcia, somebody who was on the tail end of his career to come in and play very good minutes, Lou, they were three points away from going to the NFC Championship game for yet another time, which would have been just absolutely bizarre. And, hey, now we kind of look back and say that's the norm here in Philly. If you're a backup, you're expected to come in and Mm -hmm. compete. It's not just a job where you just come off and get some reps, go 50%. No, you have to be able to go out there and have a chance to maybe play in a playoff game and maybe even play for a Super Bowl. Nick Foles, Jeff Garcia, Josh McCown. I mean, the list goes on and on, Lou. Like, you got to be ready to go. And I think that 06 season, a lot of people were defeated after that game. They get blown out by Tennessee. Your quarterback's out for the year. Just a defeated look. And then they go and win the NFC East and almost win two playoff games. And, hey, they beat the Giants in that wild card game, which was absolutely and always a cherry on top anytime you can do that. I love that you mentioned 2006. I wrote that one down as well because Jeff Garcia kind of was the Nick Foles before Nick Foles. Yes, were, absolutely. They were 5-6, and six, I believe, when Jeff Garcia took over, and they got that mm-hmm. big win on Monday night against Carolina, right, that last-second pick by Lito Shepard. And, yeah, yes, honestly, Gino, it is interesting. I'm glad you mentioned that. That, that is kind of the new norm or just the, the usual with Philadelphia quarterback. It's like a mm-hmm. backup normally has to get you through – that playoff run. It's an insane stat I've said on the show before, but since 2006, when Jeff Garcia got them to the divisional round against New Orleans, the Eagles, so of all the playoff seasons they've been a part of, right, 2006, 2008, 2009, 10, 13, and then 17, 18, and 19. Of all of those seasons, only in 2008 did the starter week one, which was Donovan McNabb, finish the year, finish that playoff game out as the starter. Every oh, other wow. season, yeah, dude, every other season, the day one starter, the first snap, so McNabb in 2006, it was Kevin Cobb in 2010, it was uh-huh. Wentz in three years straight, it was Michael Vick in 2013. That guy, at the end of the year when they made the playoffs, was not finishing the game as the starter. It was Nick Foles, it was Josh McCown, like you said, it was Jeff, Jeff Garcia. Garcia, it was Michael Vick. It's crazy, but that is a real stat, and I guess it's why the Eagles prioritize backup quarterbacks so much, because they needed it. For the last, what, 15 years, desperately. Oh, 2006 was kind of the start of it. Yeah, it really was. And, I mean, just keep going back throughout the time. Like, you you're have guys that come off the bench and have played for the Eagles and have had to do it in a meaningful manner, Lou. And I, I really think that's a great precedent to set. 
and we're kind of shocked at the Jalen Hurts pick, right? But look at the last 15 years, Lou. They've always invested resources into that position, and especially after reading that stat, that shouldn't be an issue anytime they want to improve at the backup quarterback position because they have a track record of guys not finishing all of those games out, and now you have that 17-game schedule, Lou. That extra week, that's another variable for your quarterback to go down. So you should only want to improve that position even more. I would say Joe Flacco isn't much of an upgrade. But, man, outside of 08, that is a crazy thing to think about, Lou. And honestly, it's not shocking knowing the Eagles' injury history. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You've got the Stanley Cup right now. The Tampa Bay Lightning are up 2-0 on the Montreal Canadiens. The NBA Finals is coming up. The Phoenix Suns have punched their ticket to the big dance. It's 3-2 right now in the East between the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. Get everything you need, the MLB season as well, UFC and MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you're going to receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is when you use our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Outside of, though, I would say 2017, honestly, I don't think I've ever had more. And again, they lost in the wild card round, but I've never had more fun personally as a fan, like taking off my analyst cap and putting on the fan hat. I've never had more fun watching the Eagles than 2010. Like that was, you know, to me, the most exciting offense I've ever seen, where perhaps the best mobile quarterback ever figured out the rest of his game, becoming this lethal passer with that arm talent and that speed. Michael Vick in 2010 Figuring everything out, it was unstoppable throughout the regular season. Outside of, I would say, maybe Carson Wentz's game against Washington on Monday night in 2017, I've never seen somebody dominate a team like Michael Vick did in that Monday night massacre 2010 against Washington. So to see what Vick was doing, and I missed out, Gino, on the original Michael Vick experience in his early Atlanta days. I was just too young. I was born in 1997, and I kind of missed out on that. So to see that, to get to see that in 2010 was special especially for me I'm a big mobile quarterback guy it's kind of what got me into football and got me into the Eagles so you add that on top of just the amount of jaw-dropping highlights you had between MV7 and maybe the best home runner hitter ever in Deshaun Jackson then maybe Mm. the best open field juke stick ever in Shady McCoy and a young Jeremy Macklin Jason Avant Brent Selleck that offense was just so much fun and they had a switch that only a few offenses really ever had. It's why they could come back so easily against a team like the Giants down by, what, four touchdowns? Mm-hmm. I could say the best two throws that I've seen in the past two decades for yeah. the Eagles quarterbacks, one was Nick Foles on that flea flicker to Torrey Smith. I think mm-hmm. that ball was unbelievably placed. You could even throw the Alshon ball in there. The Corey Clement but, one, too, in the, the Super Bowl. The Corey Clement one, but... The one pass I'll never forget, it wasn't opening that game against Washington to Deshaun. It was that pass to the right pylon to Jeremy Macklin and how perfect underrated play had to put that ball. I could watch that play. You could go through that play and teach from start to finish how to play quarterback and how to play wide receiver on that play alone. Just absolutely spectacular. And we really – Lou, we're talking about backups – Vic was a backup. I mean, they brought him in for a purpose, and then he puts it all together in 2010. If they didn't run the same exact play back-to-back against Green Bay, 
there's a chance that they end the run of the then future champions of that season, and they could have went on and made a run. They were in that game until the end when Michael Vick threw that interception. But you're right, Lou, that season was so fun. Just start to finish, having the ability to go out and put up points at will. That's what we've wanted our offense to be forever. And I think follow that formula and you can have success. And they're starting to get back to that. Do you remember in that 2010 season how they they almost did beat Green, Green Bay? Do you remember the shoestring tackle on Deshaun Jackson by, I think it was Traymond Williams, right at the end? Jackson, he on a crosser had one man to beat, and I think mm-hmm. Williams tripped him up barely right before the Riley Cooper pick. If he doesn't get tackled there, I think he might score and win the game. Like they were very close from beating Rodgers and Green Bay, who ended up winning the Super Bowl. Like it was, it was that close. That's one of those games that I don't think bothers many other people as it does me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree that when you look at how the Eagles have performed going into playoffs, like when they get hot, they make magic happen. 2008, I think, is so evident of that, being the sixth seed. And they go out there and they are just a play away from, I mean, I I forgot who it was that got the uh, roughing the passer on Kurt Warner after he threw the ball, like blatantly, like a minute after he threw it, he gets the roughing the passer, they go down and win that game. But when they get hot at the right time, 2017, even 2018, they win four games in a row, right, Lou? They're a team that we always talk about in hockey, right? Just get in the tournament. Like, you just want to be the team that gets Just punch your ticket, yeah. LA Kings, of when they were the eight seed, they were the hottest team in hockey at that point. Go out, win a Stanley Cup. You could look right now in basketball, the Phoenix Suns. Who's going to stop that team? They're Mm -hmm. hot at the right point. Everybody's clicking. 2010 was that for the Eagles. 2008 was that for the Eagles. 2017 was that for the Eagles. Even 18 was that for the Eagles. And that's the formula we have to follow. Get hot at the right time. Those games in September, yeah, you can lose them. Look at New England. Like They don't have the best September record, but they're going to beat you in November and December and January and February. That's where I want to win. And those teams especially, Lou. Mike Vick was slinging that ball like he was shooting out in the wild, wild west, man. He was just flicking that wrist like it was no nothing about him, just getting that ball 60 yards down the field to everybody. There was Not another – sorry, there was ahead. another throw that you're, we're talking about, like jaw-dropping plays from that year. You mentioned the Macklin play against Washington. There was another throw against Chicago in a loss that I still to this day do not know how Vick got through – four defenders to Brent Selleck for a touchdown. I don't know if you remember this, but the way he threaded oh, yeah. that needle was the maybe the filthiest throw. I've, it was very similar to the foles Clement play in the Super Bowl. He was just one of those guys that had the pure arm talent, and I would like to see him and a guy like Mahomes or Josh Allen go at it because completely different body sizes, completely different mechanics and style of throwing the football. But that just goes to show that you can win with a guy who's six foot one and has the ability to just sling it. Mm-hmm. You don't need a guy who's six seven, six eight. It, the Eagles have lived off of that. McNabb wasn't the tallest guy. Vic wasn't the tallest guy. They go to Wentz. Of course, he's a big guy, but that hasn't always been the formula here in Philly. Just get a guy that can make the playmakers make plays, and that's why I'm excited about Hurts and what we can do this year, Lou. And even if they go 7-10 and 10 or whatever, I think they're going to be a much more exciting offense when it's all said and done. They're going to be a team that 
oh, we'll remember a Dallas Goddard 110-yard reception game where he breaks a big yak catch, but they might lose by two touchdowns. We're going to see those games, much like we saw in the late 2000s when that team really wasn't structured to compete for the long haul. I mean, even 2012, Lou, that t- the year Andy Reid gets uh, fired, that yeah. last game against Tampa was thrilling. I love going back and watching that game. And Nick Foles' first comeback win, I thought that was a, a great season when it was all said and done to just get Nick Foles in that killer mentality because that set the tone for his future of his career. There's a lot of them like that, and I think 2010 is really the pinnacle for me. The reason they I just they didn't make a deeper run, a lot of holes on that defense still, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Ellis Hobbs and Dimitri Patterson were your CB2s, very similar oh to the gosh, situation. Dimitri Patterson. <laughs> yeah, very similar situation to what they're in this year. And then I think when they the Gino, when that game got canceled on Sunday night against Minnesota after the miracle in the New Meadowlands, yep. and they had to play Joe Webb on Tuesday, and they missed out on home field advantage, that really, I think, killed, killed all the momentum they had built up in that game against New York. But, man, what a fun season. I mean, that was one of the most exciting offenses ever. Again, in that Washington game, I have a plaque in my studio right now from Vic, that performance. He had 333 yards, four passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. He was the first player in NFL history with at least 300 yards passing, 50 yards rushing, four passing touchdowns, and two rushing. So it was a historic season. I think there's also a story that they caught, like yeah. him and Deshaun like, told somebody that they were going to run that play for the, yep. on the Washington defense, and they did. And they just on LaRon Landry, it remember? The, it was LaRon Landry, that's who it was. And it was, was a fight right before it, the game between yes. Deshaun and Landry. And then he just does that the first play. It was most yeah, disrespectful he's like, I'm going to come out there and just oh. score a touchdown <laughs> on you. And he did exactly that. It was so <laughs> disrespectful. I loved that team, man. They had so much swagger, and I really but then Deshaun wish. did that when he went to Washington. Yeah. Washington. I need a buck oh. and a touchdown, and he goes for a buck and two. Yep. Like That's he's a guy who tough. calls a shot. He was DJX always called a shot, and he normally backed it up. Today's episode of Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto, their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need between brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your baby, your car, or your truck. Make sure you write down Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you to rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Ladies and gentlemen, today's Locked On Eagles is also brought to you by the best damn tasting protein bar on the planet by far. It's Built Bar. They have something for everybody. If you're a coconut guy, we've got coconut and coconut almond. How about mint? Mint brownie. Peanut butter? They've got peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, raspberry cherry, something for everybody. Nine delicious, unique flavors. Best of all, it's a healthy alternative to your everyday snack. Put down that bag of chips, that I don't know, Hostess Cupcake or Twix, whatever, go with Built Bar. It's covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, 17 grams of protein, and only 130 calories in every bar and only 4 grams of sugar. Go to BuiltBar.com today and I can get you 15% off your first order when you use our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Gino, I think, I don't know if you'll agree with this one. I think 2019 for me, look, it was far more stressful than a season like 2010, a lot less exciting offense. Although I thought 
in 2019, it was going to be like 2010 with Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard, Deshaun Jackson, Miles Sanders, Carson Wentz back healthy. We thought that team was going to have the best offense in football. And a lot of people had picked the Eagles as a preseason favorite to win it all. Um, it didn't result in that way because of all the injuries to Jackson, to Alshon, to the offensive line. Everybody, I mean, the entire roster just decimated. But, Gino, I think the way the season – and, again, there were a lot of tough losses too, right? The drops against Atlanta and Detroit and New England, the embarrassing losses against Miami and Seattle. I, it was a tough, stressful year, the anonymous mm. source stuff as well. But the way it finished, like getting to see Carson Wentz finally go on his own run, right? The one that Foles took them on at the end of 2017 and 2018 to see Wentz do it when four straight carrying the team with nothing but like Greg Ward and Deontay Burnett to throw to Josh Perkins. Yes. Josh Perkins, Boston Scott, which was an unbelievable throw by Wentz, by the way. Oh my gosh. It was incredible. And yet Wentz was unstoppable after the first half of that last giants game or the second, the first giants game on Monday night. He Mm. went off and the ability to do that with nothing around to elevate that way. It's what you hear Gino and I harping about so much on the show about what we want in a quarterback. And that was kind of proof to me that that this is why we didn't settle for Sam Bradford. This is why we moved up for somebody that can do Mm -hmm. this kind of thing. You don't want this to always have to be the case. And it turned out with Philly, the majority of the time Carson had to do that. But when that situation does arise, does your quarterback, can he get you through that fire? And he did. And to beat Dallas and Dak kind of in the game to win the East was special. So although that was a stressful year, Gino, 2019, man, still love that season. Yeah, I was going to say that, honestly, out of those two seasons of 2018 and 2019, I hated 2018. I know they got hot at the right time. (laughs) It was just a miserable season all around. Like They really didn't get cooking at all. Like They were never in a rhythm for the most part. 2019, yeah, at the end, man, like they started to cook i mean they did do that in 2018 it just took a lot yeah. more but they had a lot more talent in 2019 it was great to see you, you talk about Wentz. like as much as we hate on greg ward like he really had his coming out part oh for Doug sure peterson finally got back to his rhythm boston scott became the giant killer josh perkins became a option for this team guys like deontay burnett castoffs stepped up to the plate and that just sets the tone that in Philly, if you're able to put your hard hat on and you go through all the adversity, all the ups and downs, like we'll give you a chance, you know, and out of everybody, I, I, I love to just see the guys that were the practice squad guys that everybody was saying, oh, they made the run with the practice squad. Yeah, those guys were practicing week in and week out to get ready for when their number was called. And they did just that, Lou, like everybody did that. The defense stepped up in a great way that season too. I thought they really put it together at the end of 2019. And going back to the backup quarterback discussion, Lou, if Jalen Hurts is there a year earlier, do they beat Seattle in that game? Or if Wentz doesn't get cheap shotted by Clowney, I think they win that game because they were down eight with a couple minutes left on the opposing like 30. Wentz gets you in the end zone. McCown couldn't do it. Um, yeah, I think torn hamstring. We can't. Right. Well, that on, that's on fair too. <laughs> Do you know? I think the difference between 2018 and 2019, 2018, uh, you 2018, you had a much better chance of winning it all, right? I right. think that was like the last. And we had expected that. 
Right. But I think in 2018 felt like, though, we're not really building towards anything for the future because mm-hmm. we know Foles, this is his last run. Like, he's not going to be the guy next year. It's still going to be Wentz. Whereas in 2019, although this didn't pan out, in 2020 it was a nightmare scenario. But in 2019, at the end of the year, you're like, okay, this is what we're building off of. We got our franchise quarterback to – because although in 2017 and 2018 you're going on deep runs and you're winning titles and nearly getting back the next year, you felt like, okay, but like – we don't, I mean, this isn't the guy we know in for years to come is going to be doing this with us. So we don't yeah, know we if that guy can do Paul it. Yet. George. Right. So we <laughs> needed to see Wentz do it to know in the future this is going to be a constant theme. In 2019, when he finally did it, you're like, okay, now we know it wasn't just Foles. We can do this with somebody else. It didn't pan out that way. But I think it's why, too, I think we both kind of liked 2019 a little bit more than 2018. Yeah, I really did enjoy a lot more of that last stretch, just seeing the guys step up. Like, yeah. not even just making plays during the game, like making critical plays to win games. The pass to Corey Clement for against Washington, like two years in a row. The one to Miles Sanders in the back of the end zone. Uh, give me every angle of that throw. 200-mile-an-hour fastball. Okay, we got to throw that in the discussion for one of the better throws yeah, this decade because that was the best. completely preposterous how that how that worked out. And Greg Ward making that play against Washington too, just seeing them hit like all the third downs like they were doing in, in 2017. Because even in in 18, like they weren't winning the way we expected them to. You know, sure. it was just like the defense finally stepped up and the offense wasn't scoring points. Like that's kind of weird. But then in 2019 the offense like they were cooking at the end of the season and that's how Jeffrey Lurie has always wanted to win and I hope that we continue to see that because even in the end of 2020 Lou I would love to see every game turn out like that Arizona game against Pittsburgh as well like if we can get those two games and just work off of that much like we worked off of the last four in 2019 and just how you should be in games competing every single snap not making boneheaded plays, not dropping the football in important moments. That'll win you games even when you don't have top talent. Mm -hmm. I think one more thing on that 2019 season before we wrap up. Even that first game, like to see Deshaun Jackson come back and do what he did with Carson Wentz, I know it was only for one game, but man. Right. I mean, for me, growing up, Deshaun Jackson being my favorite player as a kid, um, I know it was only one game, but it was worth bringing 10 back just for that moment, just to, from a fan perspective, not as an analyst. Obviously, bringing Deshaun back was not the right move, but that game for me was worth it. To get to end things smoother with a legend in Philly, the way he ended things with Chip Kelly was just such a disaster. And to see him just kill us with Washington and Tampa Bay, it was torture, honestly. And to see him torture Washington again instead of vice versa it was a special moment. And, and Gino was kind of cool because it had been six years since we had saw Deshaun mm-hmm. do that in Midnight Green. And so honestly, through those six years, that's a whole new generation of Eagles fans growing up. Oh, yeah. That kind of, like me, I always hear stories about Randall Cunningham, right? And I would die mm-hmm. to go back in time and see 1990 Cunningham. And it's also why I like 2010 so much because I finally, with my own eyes, got to see what everybody would say about Michael Vick in Atlanta. And it's cool that I think a young generation of Eagles fans, at least for one game, got to see what it felt like to watch Deshaun Jackson mm-hmm. go off because Gino, there is not, there is not a lot of players that can give you that same kind of excitement. Like 10 did. There is nothing like it. Seeing him just go bananas right. against Washington. And he did that the first game and he was the reason you won that game too. That's why I love 2008 too, because it was kind yes. of like that fork in the road for the organization. Yeah. You have like the last hurrah for Donovan, Brian Westbrook, right. uh, Brian Dawkins as well. 
And then you had this launching point for Deshaun. I think the best play of that first season that he had is that bobbled catch against Arizona. I literally got down on my knees and was bawling crying because they were out (laughs) of that game. I turned the game off. I said, I'm not doing this to myself once again. And then they just, they come back, man. Like that's why I can never hate these seasons. You texted before this, like what seasons do you not like? And like at the end, I like all of them. Even that four and 12 season. I love that Tampa game last year. I loved seeing Jalen just come out and seeing the defense. A lot of those guys go out there and prove that they still got it. And it's tough hating the Eagles and looking at them from an unbiased perspective. But when I look at it from a 30,000 foot view, the reason I love them so much, Lou, is that they're never the team that has the team that started the season at the end of the season. They're never the guys that go on these long runs of just consecutive games where they don't have any hiccups like the great uh, Patriots teams, you know, even in the early 2000s, there were some stretches where they had hiccups. Like there were games that three straight NFC championship games, they couldn't figure it out, but they finally do. And they get to the Super Bowl. unfortunately losing to that great team going into 2008. You have a team that is just on the cusp of even making the playoffs. They do and beat two good teams in the Vikings and giants barely lose to the Cardinals. Same thing with the team like 2010, that Packers team was the best team in that playoffs. They just never are not exciting in many different ways. It could be drama-ridden. It could be fun on offense. It could be fun on defense. They just give you something to want to root for, and there's a reason we're so passionate about this team, Lou, because the guys that give it their all for the Eagles, I think will support them to the death, and that's why I love a lot of these seasons, and I love reminiscing like this because you and I have all these moments that we hold in our heart, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure every other Eagles fan does too, just – who you were sitting next to when the miracle at the Meadowlands number two or even number one happened. I wish I was alive during that. You know, it's, uh, we got to get back, we got to get some older Eagles fans on here to really reminisce about the, yeah. uh, the older days because those were fun days, man. And I wish that we were around for that. Absolutely. It's never a dull moment being an Eagles guy for sure. Media fan it is always interesting. I wish sometimes it'd be less drama filled, but hey, man, that's what we signed up for in the city of brotherly love. Gino Camilleri, Lou DiBiase signing off on this edition of Lockdown Eagles. Guys, we got five shows a week downloaded into your phone when you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we're always talking birds as well. Hit us up. What are some seasons that are near and dear to your heart that maybe don't hold that special place to other fans quite like yourself? Hit us up on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at DiBiase, L-O-E, and at GC24 underscore football. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. We'll see you on Monday, as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening, and let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.